You are listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I read a story mm-hmm. from American history Ooh. to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I like this premise. This is a winning this is a winning premise. I like where this is I like I like what I'm hearing. I'm still here, aren't I? God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> People say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not gonna become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> we like to laugh. Hello. Uh, this uh, this podcast is uh, brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for subscribing. Uh, subscribing. It is awesome. Uh, it makes my... 1700 hours a week that I spend working on this 1700 sounds like you're working on this podcast inflating those uh, very helpful Um, in between I'm writing the sequel to the Martian wait yep the Jupiter what is it what's the plot guy guy gets stuck on Jupiter and everyone leaves him and then what he just like drives around uses his poop to make potatoes yeah. Okay. Well, that is very. That I don't know if that's a sequel. It's a sequel. I don't know if that's a sequel. This starring Ben Affleck. Ah, this is not a sequel. I think you're competing with, uh, directly against The Martian. No, it's the It's the sequel. Okay. Have you talked to anybody associated with don't The Martian? Don't need to. Don't need okay. to. No, you do. You absolutely do. No, I don't think so. That's not how sequels work. It is now. Okay. Well, good luck with that. One day in March. <laughs> 1980. <laughs> My favorite one yet. One day. <laughs> San Bernardino. 1980? 1980. Okay. San Bernardino deputy Jim Evans, a Vietnam veteran, a father of a three-month-old baby, told his wife, something big is going to go down, and we're not going to be ready for it. We're going to lose a lot of men here. The county's growing. We need to have two men in a car, not one-man units. We need to be better equipped. Wait, where was he? San Bernardino. And he's a cop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> already, already not grasping the details. Yeah, he's a cop, and he said that he's got a he's a Vietnam veteran. He's got a uh-huh. baby, and he said. Uh, and he's a guy, right? <laughs> he's a human who talks. Hi there, I do a podcast with Jimmy. Not listening. Hey, so he's a guy. <laughs> yeah, he talks. Hey, Jimmy, you listening? Okay. <laughs> May 6, nineteen eighty, <clears throat> Mira Loma, California. 10 314 50th Street. Anna Grimley was in her backyard hanging her laundry to dry, as she often did, mm-hmm. when she noticed her neighbors were hanging barbed wire across the top of their 15 foot high greenhouse. Well, everybody has ways to dry their clothes. It's a barbed wire line. She tried to joke with them, You must be, you must have a gold mine over there. And they just smiled and said nothing. Fuck you. Fuck you, lady. How about this? How about you go fuck yourself? Excuse me? The other neighbors started to think the two men who lived there were planning something. A row of carpet nails was also tacked along the wooden fence surrounding the house, which meant that anyone who tried to grip the fence and climb over would have their hands cut. I don't think they're putting carpet up there at all. I think they're just putting the nails up there. 
No, they're going to put carpet. No, Henry, it's, it's wall, been three it's, days. It's fence-to-fence carpeting. I've seen it. Why are they going to carpet their fence, it's though? It's fence-to-fence carpeting. It's the You 80s. know better. You know best. The two men who lived in the house were Christopher Gregory Harvin, 29 years old, and Gregory Wayne Smith, 27 years old. Okay. What Anna couldn't see inside was an underground room about six feet high, 10 foot long, and eight foot wide. The room had been dug by the two men using a pulley with a pail attached to scoop out the dirt. Okay. The two men had moved in one year before and didn't associate with any of the neighbors. Well, yeah, they lived above the ground. You're mole people. That's right. They were very quiet, these two. Anna's husband, quote, they were weird, real weirdos. Anything to add to that? No, that's my favorite guy. Okay. Anything of any quote that's ever been on. They were weird. Real weirdos. <clears throat> now I got nothing left to say. That's it. I'm out. All right. This wasn't the type of place where uh, the area wasn't the time and place where gunshots were out of the out of the ordinary. Okay. Anna, quote, you hear a lot of gunshots around here on account of the butchering of animals, you know. Ugh. So you wouldn't know if there were any gunshots next door. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm married to Jimmy not listening. <laughs> I'm Anna, just don't get it. Oh, honey, are people butchering animals again? No, I don't know. Those sounded like they were coming from next door. No, someone shot a pig. Uh, also, I really don't know if they're going to carpet that fence. <laughs> they're going to do it. <laughs> Both men had served in the military. Smith had served in the artillery division of the army and had been honorably discharged. Harvin had been dishonorably discharged after three months of training. Interesting. They had moved into the house together about a year before they started putting up barbed wire. Okay. Well, you want to get to know your roomie before you're throwing the barbed wire Thank you. It's a hard conversation to get into. Yeah, definitely. So there's something I have to tell you. What's up? I really like barbed wire. Oh my god! I, I no, no, I've been wanting no, to. I've been wanting no, to. I've been no. To. I almost didn't say anything. My whole van is full of barbed oh wire. Oh my god! Ah. Let's put carpet on the fence. Yeah, oh, really? No, no, no. Yes, no. Yes, I what? swear to God. I love you. I love you. Not in that way. No, 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 no. I'm just I like saying a barbed wire carpet. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. For sure. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. no, no. Yeah. You're my barbed wire bro. Yeah. B-W-B's. Yeah, bro. My barbed wire bro. Love you so much, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They had, both men had recently lost their jobs as maintenance men. Separate jobs. They were different janitors who had been let go from different janitors. You're not going to believe this. This is, you know, me too. You too? Yeah. You also couldn't clean shit well? Yeah. Fucking what? I hate mops. What do you like, barbed wire? Don't. I'm not kidding around. Dude, you know I love it. Barbed wire, bro. (laughs) Dude, you're my BWB. He's my BWB. Uh, Harvin had also recently separated from his wife. And there was self I can't imagine why your wife ditched you. You're an out-of-work janitor who loves barbed wire. Come on. Talk about a catch. Boat that fish. They were... Boat that fish? Yeah, get them on board. When you got a winner, knit it. Yep. They were self-professed gun nuts and anarchists. The description that would fit them best is rednecks. Mm, Familiar. 
They hated the police and would talk about overthrowing the government and going back to the principles set forth in the Constitution. Oh, boy. Sounds very familiar. Mm-hmm. It's the, great when those people used to be fringe lunatics. Yeah, right? Yeah, instead of arguably in power. <laughs> the greenhouse, which now had barbed wire on it, was also wrapped in plastic. Inside, they had 300 marijuana plants. Oh, nice. All right. Now I like these rednecks. Okay. Smith and Harvin had built a tunnel between the shed and the garage next to the house through which they would escape if the cops came. Wow. Okay. And in the garage, they were collecting a lot of equipment. Okay. They had a cache of weapons, a number of semi-automatic rifles, which were modified to make them fully automatic. Oh, jeez. They had thousands of rounds of ammunition, including hollow point bullets. And there was an anarchist... So they're just like lethal weapon bad guys. Yeah. Right. Basically. And there was an anarchist cookbook, which is a manual that shows you how to make certain types of explosives using household items. Uh Uh-huh. I thought it was like the right pie for overthrowing the government. That's what I always thought it was, too. Razzleberry. And they read it, and they built many improvised pipe bombs. Okay. These were made by filling pieces. It comes to, it's yes anding when you're building those, too. Always. Yes and nails. Yes and BBs. (laughs) Yes and fingernails. These were made by filling PVC pipe with gunpowder and surrounding it with a beer can full of broken glass, bullets, and concrete nails. Where would guys of this culture get a beer can? (laughs) It is hard to, yeah, it is hard to think about. Surely the neighbor's recycling. The beer can was then wrapped with masking tape and a fuse was attached. (laughs) Many of the pipe bombs had a 19-inch piece of wood doweling attached which could be inserted into a modified shotgun in order to launch the pipe bomb up to 100 yards like a mortar. Jeez, whoa, that is... Good Lord. Just bros doing their thing. That's some Van Helsing redneckery right there. Have you never been out in the country? Yeah, I just, you know, it just goes to show you, if someone wants it bad enough, they'll figure it out. I mean, my God. Just putting wooden stakes and guns. Hey, I made a mortar. I okay. figure we can shoot this bear, this explosive beer can at him with a piece of wood inside of the gun. I was thinking about grilling fish. Uh, me too. Yeah, same. Okay. Fish <laughs> sounds I good. You said. I'm not going to talk out loud too much more. Okay, which kind of fish did you want to get? The kind that has a policeman's heart. Okay. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what did you ask? A salmon. Whatever has the most omegas. Uh, other other the pipe bombs they would simply just throw. Sure. Some bombs it's for when were your filled... arm gets tuckered out from overthrowing the government. <laughs> Some bombs were just filled with gasoline. <laughs> Tacked as incendiary devices, you know, so a month off cocktail. Eighty seven, right? not eighty nine. Get the cheap yeah, stuff. Yeah, no. Don't not. Do not over <laughs> That's budgetary that is budgetary conservatism right there. It all burns the same. That's you know right. That's about? right. That's right. They were prepared to... You ever to... like to rub barbed wire on your back or your... Yeah. Front? Yeah? Oh, yeah. You ever put wig on a barbed wire? I, I may have, yes. I may have made a woman out of barbed wire, if that's what... You know when I told about. you I accidentally bit a bottle in my mouth, that's why my tongue was so cut up? Yep. It's because I was making out with the fence again. Okay, I'm going to show you my wiener. <laughs> Man, I've been waiting for this moment. It does not look good. Look what I've oh, done. Oh, boy. Whoa. That Don't looks... fuck the barbed wire. Looks like someone's sucking up a mouthful of spaghetti. Yeah. 
Man, we're going to get the government for this. Yeah, I should say we are. You and your tentacled cock. Old tentacle. Squidman. <laughs> they were prepared to, quote, go to war with the police if it came to that. Because on May 9th... Oh, oh this, is, uh, th- this is all be- as a defense because of the marijuana. Nope. No, it is a separate passion. They have two passions. Growing a lot of weed in their si- in their mystery magic shed. Uh-huh. And then they that's also... A side, that's a side business. Side We're gig. getting into their main business Okay, now, now we're getting into the main job. Because on May 9th, they were planning to rob the Security Pacific Bank in Norco, California. Okay. Norco is short for North Corona. Sure. It was a semi-rural residential town in Riverside County, about 50 miles or 800 or sorry, 80 kilometers east of the city of Los Angeles. Uh, it's a bit more built up now, but back then it was more rural. The men planned to use the money from the bank robbery to buy a piece of land where the government couldn't tell them what to do. Yeah. So that would be another country. Yes. Secession. <laughs> Full on secession. Welcome to Beerland. I'm going to buy land in America, so America can't tell me what to do. Take that, America. Okay, well, there's no zoning for that here. What's zoning? Oh, boy, here we go. And now we got to blow up the zoning place. Armor up, boys. They had come with the plan just a week and a half before. So this is a new plan, the, the, bank, the, the I, bank robbery. It's brand new. The, the, I, I would say this. Yeah. I think the key to a good bank robbery is catching your enthusiasm at its peak, not you. the planning. I hear you. You just want to go in there when you're hot about Fire the idea. The last you. thing you want to do is go in there when you're kind of like, Ugh, we've got fatigue yeah. on the plan. Because we've run through this so many times, it's not even fun anymore. That's right. It's getting a little boring. Yeah. I get it. We're going to go up. You're I know. Yeah. And then if get... there's die, then we do this. They prepared. They read up on military tactics, bought walkie-talkies, and Smith drew maps. Their preparation sounds like what a kid pretending does. It's a does. little half-ass. I Smith got the walkie-talkies, and I drew up plans. I drew a map. This one goes, look, that's the top is where the, see where the map is. This is a are? maze from Long John Silver's. I know, but I'm fixing it. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the same. They trained with their weapons in Lytle Creek in the San Bernardino National Forest, and they brought in others. Harvin's younger brother, Russell, who was 27 and currently lived with his parents, was on board. Okay. Uh, as were two brothers, Manny and Belisario Delgado, who were 21 and 17 years old. Wow. And you're 17, you're robbing a bank, I mean... God bless you. That's, that's kind of you that's, should. I think if you're gonna rob a bank, you should do it around thirteen or fourteen because right? you get punished so much less. Yeah. Once you're eighteen, you got to really think of. I mean, life, life yeah. is in prison. Life is yeah. Yeah. On May 9th, nineteen eighty, Deputy Jim Evans stopped by his home as his wife Mary was about to take the baby to the sitters and go to work. Mary said, "Quote: While I was getting ready for work, he gently held James on his knee, leaned over, kissed his cheek, and looked at me." He said, you know, some men never get to see their sons grow up. Dave. What? I don't like him saying that one Later that day, Smith and Harvin went to a gas main at a building site in Norco. Uh There they set an explosive device on the main. This was to go off later to be a distraction, which if all went according to plan, would attract the police and fire department while they were robbing the bank. Okay. At around the same time as Smith and Harvin planted the bomb, the other three men, dressed in camouflage, military jackets, and ski masks, and carrying automatic weapons, entered the Sears car park at the Brea Mall. 
You guys validate? <laughs> Sorry. Wait, we should have done this prior. You know where we can get some huffy bicycles? Yeah. <laughs> the man. Dude, 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 dude. Washer dryer combo for four fifty, dude. Holy shit! We got to come back here when we're it. not when After we're not we doing it. this. We come After back. We get this. Can you hold that? Because we got a thing to do. Don't give her your name, dude. And we're gonna go to the security bank, and then we'll be back. We'll here. come we'll, back. We'll, we'll come back when we're our own country. Do you take money with die on it? Do you guys take money from our country? American money. American it's called dollars because they're die dollars. Hundreds. Uh, the men jumped out in front of a Dodge Tradesman van that belonged to Gary Geraldo. They <laughs> gagged and blindfolded Geraldo and shoved him in the back of the van. Then they loaded the van with weapons and bombs. I wish I didn't come to Sears today. Bad day to get a polyester suit. <laughs> All five men then met up in Norco and got in, into uh, the van and packed it with everything. Can you guys just take the van and leave me? That would be getaway car number one. They had left two other escape vehicles parked nearby, which they planned to switch to after robbing the bank. Okay. That's not a bad Like plan. it? Like it? Not, they watched Starsky and Hutch. Liking it? Those two vehicles were also full of weapons. You got to, listen, you got to <laughs> pack for every suitcase you're taking. That's, what I'm, That's about. I'm an analogy doctor. Mm -hmm. They then drove to the Security Pacific Bank on 4th and Hamner. At 3.40 p.m. on Friday, the 9th of May, 1980, just before the bank closed, the dark green van pulled into the parking lot outside of the bank. But the plan was already not going as expected. The explosive on the gas main at the building site on the other side of Narco did not go off. A huge problem. An observant resident had noticed the burning fuse and reported it to the fire department. Jeez. So no bomb going off for distraction. Well, at that point, don't you go, hey, let's regroup another day. Do it tomorrow. Yeah, let's let's make sure we get our distraction. That was paramount in our planning. Yeah. The first phase of our plan. Well, so this means that the police will be on their normal routes. Mm-hmm. But they decided to go ahead with the robbery anyway. Interesting call. Why not? What could go well, wrong? You well, gotta, you got all gussied up. The parking lot of the security... Security Pacific Bank was full of car cars, people doing last-minute Friday business, like before ATMs. That's mm -hmm. what they did. Belisario was the driver. That's an amazing time to think of. Oh, God. Terrifying. <laughs> Go get money. I had to get <laughs> all the money I was going to buy, <laughs> buy drugs with for the weekend. <laughs> Belisario was to be the driver. He remained in the van with a walkie-talkie to report if he heard or saw anything. Wearing camo jackets, ski masks, and carrying semiotic weapons, the other four men ran across the parking lot and into Security Pacific Bank. This was when another part of their amazing plan proved to have a flaw. Okay. Across the street at Redlands Federal Savings Bank, an employee watched the robbers in their gear running across the parking lot and immediately called the police. I was just going to say, I mean, I feel like, I, I guess I've never really thought about how you go in the bank, but I feel like... You don't make a cross. No, you don't make a in cross. In the garb with the gun. You you no. you, you, you be a little a, more cash. You walk up. That's with, why you don't wear camo. You walk you don't wear camo. You also walk you, what up. What do you camouflage is to disguise yourself in the wild. Right. Nobody in a bank is going to be like, "Where did they go?" No, that could happen. Where are they? That could, this happens all the time. Where the hell are they? They were here a minute ago. Have you ever heard of bank camo? It's got like phones and <laughs> you just got like a vault wheel on your chest. Where is he? <laughs> he was here a minute ago. No, you bring a duffel bag and then you change right in front of the bank. You yeah. throw the mask on. You do that. You pull out the gun. Yeah, they didn't do that. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. All right. Me- Bad start. Meanwhile, inside Security Pacific Bank, someone hit a silent alarm as the four entered. <sighs> Unfortunately, the signal was sent to Corona Police Department, who then sent police to the Corona branch of the Security Pacific Bank. Okay. A break. Uh, that was five miles away from the bank that was actually being robbed. Okay. Thankfully, the Norco Police Department, or it's not the Norco Police Department, it's the San Bernardino Sheriff's Norco Division, you know, the guys that are stationed there. Sure. So they've already sent sheriffs to the right bank due to the call from the witness across the street. (laughs) Okay. So competing departments, not good when you're robbing a bank. In the bank, Manny Delgado jumped on the counter holding a 12-gauge shotgun. Russell Harvin guarded the door with an AR-15. George Smith gave the commands while he held an HK-91, and Chris Harvin, with an HK-93, forced the bank manager to open the vault. The manager gave him all the cash. Okay. $20,000. Is that enough to start your own country? Now, I assume that either they didn't know that this bank was a rural bank, so it didn't have a lot of money... Or they're robbing it on a day when a lot of the money had been picked up. Again, these are homework questions. They are totally homework questions. That's why you don't do it in a week. Smith had Sure, a- uh, we've got 400 all in $2 bills. <laughs> what? Uh, what is he fucking... We'll take it. We'll take... Yeah, give us all of that. Smith had, Smith had an account at the bank and had cased it, but obviously it hadn't worked out that it didn't have much cash. So, 25-year-old Riverside County deputy... Rookie Glenn Belaski was around the corner from the bank when he got the call of a 211 in progress. A 211. Or a 211. He responded immediately without his siren on, just his lights on. Interesting. Belisario Delgado saw him approaching and radioed, telling his fellow criminals to get out of the bank. Hey, dummies. Hey, guys, it's on. As he drove, Deputy Belaski heard popping sounds like glass bottles. At first, he thought it was a red, it was the red light bar on his car. He had taken the car to the garage superintendent in the morning to have it replaced because the solid red bar light was out. So the, he the, assumed that's the, what the noise was. The cop thought it was his. Well, He's hearing pop, pop, pop. But why is he? Why is he going to the bank with the siren on? Because he knows about. He turned. He he knows there's a robbery on, but he turned the siren on. Okay. Am I crazy to think that that's a little to be like? What is all that shooting noise coming from my siren? Look, you don't. When you're getting shot at, you don't ever expect to be shot at. You're a cop on his way to a robbery. But it doesn't even matter. Your boy, brain... he sounds like Steve Martin and the Jerk with the cans. Well, first of all, this is be- this siren's really shooting. This is before before we have what we have now. These guys have fucking handguns and shotguns. They're they're not thinking they're going to get shot at by automatic weapons. Okay. So your point is that automatic weapons is what's throwing him. Oh, totally. Okay. If okay. I buy with, that. If he was if he saw a guy shooting with a handgun, he's going to be really close. Right. But he's a fucking couple hundred yards away. Okay. And he's getting hit. To him that doesn't So make it's sense. more the type of gun rather than shooting in oh, general. Oh, totally. Okay. All right. I oh, I can totally. buy that. Um so uh I accept your apology. That's, yeah. What? Huh? In this case, uh, what happened was Belar- Belisario had stepped out of the van and started shooting. Okay. Uh, Belaski now ducked as his windshield was Now, does he get out. a pay bump? Because now he's a shooter, too. Driver shooter. I think that's you know 50 what? extra bucks. Uh, based on the planning, I don't think they probably went through pay bumps. <laughs> okay. What's their union status? Uh, he's still in the union. Okay, good. 
His windshield uh, is blown out at this point, and now he is 20 to 30 yards away. Then he pulls into the bank parking lot, and he finds himself pointed straight at the other four bank robbers who were just 15 feet away, standing in the parking lot with their weapons, and they started firing. Awkward. <laughs> the noise was deafening as his windows were shattered by the AR. The siren's going haywire. In case. Man, I'm going to have to pay for this. This oh, is coming bo- out of my allowance. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Belaski quote, for a quick second, I thought, this isn't real. People with machine guns shooting at me? People with hooded ski masks wearing khaki green jackets firing at me? This can't be real. The men fired into his car, and Belaski was hit in the left shoulder, as well as taking fragments in the arm and face. Now he knew it was real. I started to think they're firing at me. I started to think there's a bullet at me that this is some things. At first he thought about driving his car into them, but he quickly realized that if he did that, he would only be able to take out one. His tires were then blown out by the guns. So Belaski dove under the dashboard, threw his car in reverse, and drove it out into the street, ramming into a parked car on the opposite side of 4th Street. His car spun around in perfect position to use as a shield against the bullets. Belaski said his brain was now in super drive. Whoa! Yeah, so he fucking went into cop mode. Yeah, finally. While Belaski grabbed his shotgun and got out of the car... Shotgun! All right, guys! <laughs> Here we go, fuckers! Okay! And crouched behind the front wheel of his car. Let me get this musket. (laughs) Time. Time out. The gang piled into their van through the back door. The van then drove out of the car park. And as they did, they had to pass Bolanski's car. At this point, there was no shooting. Bolanski said it was deafeningly quiet. He felt like it was happening in slow motion. Oh, boy. He got up, stepped out and shot the only four rounds he had in his shotgun at the back of the van. One pellet hit the driver, Belisario, in the back of the head. Well, that's... Instantly paralyzing him. Well, that's a big shot right there. Yeah, that's some that's shit. That's probably your best shot at that's this point fucking, that you can make. That's some shit. Kill the driver. <laughs> Another pellet hit George Smith in the groin. Jesus, so okay, one so... one headshot and one dick shot. Jeez. Just like guy... they teach you at the academy. Jeez. Belansky watched as the van weaved and then crashed into a chain link fence. Okay. Huh? Two shots Not left. Bad. Yeah. There should be a show right now called Belansky. Listen, he's in one one guy's ge- genetic history has ended, and then another one's too. So we can't reproduce these robbers. <laughs> uh, he threw shotgun away, ran it because they only had four shells. They only had four shells. In oh, okay. So he's uh, okay. He didn't. He didn't just go yeah. Yeah. And then spike it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's on a hot streak. Uh, he threw the shotgun away, ran and curled around the front tire with his revolver, figuring the engine block could protect him. The four still alive robbers got out of the van, grabbed as many explosives and guns as they could carry. Then, standing four abreast, they started firing their automatic weapons. Okay. Belansky radioed, help me, help me, to 11 in progress. They've got automatic weapons. Get some backup quick. Seriously. He's been there for a while. No, he hasn't. No? This is all happening. It's so fucking fast. Okay. Other officers listening could hear the terror in his voice. Now. You pranking us? Okay, so there's going to be so many cops involved now, so if you get confused, just ask me, okay? Okay. I was originally going to call him Cop 1 and Cop 2 and Cop 3, but then I thought that's totally unfair. Okay, yeah. Because these guys actually went through some fucking crazy (laughs) shit. Yeah. Sorry, my co-host can't remember stuff, so (laughs) your memory dies with with the news trades. This is when another, another part of Smith and Harvin's plan showed itself to be not that great. Okay. 
Usually in Narco, there were only two cop cars on duty. But this was change over time, so that meant there were actually three. Ugh. I mean, not not. I mean, they picked the worst time. Yeah, they couldn't have. They couldn't have done this worse on every level. Everything went poorly. Everything was bad. Okay. Deputy Andy Delgado was one of them. He drove up on Hamner Avenue on the opposite side of the van as Bolansky. Delgado also only had a service revolver and a shotgun, making him woefully overpowered by the automatic weapons. Meanwhile, Blansky moved back to the front seat of his car to get more ammo for his revolver and was shot in the elbow of his right arm, severing an artery. He was also hit in the face and both forearms by shrapnel. Jeez. And they continued firing his car. His fire, his car ended up having 47 bullet holes in it. So the car didn't make it. The car did not make it. Sad. Yeah. It was, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Then the third unit arrived at the scene, driven by Deputy Chuck Hill. He turned onto the street and saw Bolanski's car turn sideways and the rookie behind it taking fire. Quote, I heard two loud pops. My God, those are bullets hitting my car. I realized they were shooting at me. <laughs> the dinosaur PD. <laughs> In training, officers are trained to take evasive action, pull away, and secure themselves. So that's what he did. He pulled behind a little building in a field to the side of the bank. As he did, he heard Bolanski screaming on the radio, My God, my God, I'm shot. Please help me. The suspects are stranded. Their vehicles disabled on Hamner and Forth. A little help here. I need an ambulance. I'm bleeding, bleeding badly. So Hill knew he had to get to Bolanski right away. He left his car and ran across the dirt field, figuring without his car he would make less of a target. Interesting. That's fucking interesting. That's some fucking crazy balls out shit. That's pretty tough. I'm going without the car, fuckers! Uh, the sorry. thing that can stop the bullets here. Bingo! They'll know I'm coming that way. He just fucking ran across a field. Okay. Uh, as he did, they shot at him. Quote, they were shooting from the hip, and lucky, lucky for me, they were lousy shots. When he got to Bolanski, the rookie was in shock. He was cold and covering the elbow wound with his other hand. He'll kneel down and uh, Blansky told him his gun wasn't loaded. So Hill took the handgun and reloaded it for him, then put the gun back in his left hand. Jeez. Like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance fucking kid. Jesus. At this point, Hill had not seen the suspects. He'd just been shot at. He actually hadn't seen them. Right. Uh, he asked Blansky where they were, and Blansky said they were moving around a lot. Good. Helpful. <laughs> so Hill said, we, hey, we need to get out of here. They're not going away. There was a big tree behind them, and Hill figured the bullets couldn't get through the tree. So he asked Belansky if he could make it, and Belansky said, I think so. Oh, my God. So they ran for it. Jesus. As they ran, Hill had his hand over Belansky's bleeding elbow, <laughs> and they ran for the tree and made it. Oh, my God. I really want to see that. Yeah. Guy holding another guy's elbow. Yeah. They probably didn't shoot at him because they were like, what's going on there? Is he holding his elbow? Are they playing elbow game? What is happening? Hey, guys, we're not doing an elbow run. <laughs> the gunman then turned all their attention on Deputy Delgado. Oh, cool. He was like, cool, good oh, stuff. Oh, hey, great, guys, Tree, thanks. you guys are going to ghoul? That gave Hill the chance to run back to his unit. And as he ran, he said he thought it sounded like Vietnam. Now, Blansky was alone behind the tree, watching the four men fire at Deputy Delgado's car. Then some dude just walked up behind Blansky and said... Hey, what's going on? Whoa, uh, <laughs> sir, sir, sir. What, uh... What's doing, bro? Your elbow hurt? 
Hey, man, why are y'all bloody and stuff? What These are guys, guys are do? shooting at us. These guys, they robbed a bank. They're shooting at us. What? You should get down. You want a cola? I got some I got some. Get cola. down, you idiot. You want some cola, bro? No. My elbow's shut off. Blitz. You uh, like sports? You like sports? My buddy has got um, tickets to, um, uh, oh, what was, who's in town? Oh, my God. Dude, I can't. gunfight. No, it wasn't the gunfight. It was. No! No, no, no. Hold on. It'll come oh to me. God, I'm bleeding out. No, that ain't it either. Who are this day? Oh, no, it's a concert. Yeah, my buddies. Do you like uh, the police? What? Do you like the police? I didn't even think they're around yet. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm talking about cops. <laughs> police in general. You ever heard of them? <laughs> yep. Yeah. What about the who? I don't like that. Guy, <laughs> uh, so the guy, you know, I up. heard about a bank robbery going on around here. You're I was just wondering if you heard of anything. It. You're in it. You're in it. This yeah. is it. You're in it. Anyway, if you need concert tickets, okay, we should you. change in, exchange info. Thank you. We're a little busy over here. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm probably just gonna go to the pet store, <laughs> get some food or whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I should get moving. So tired. I'm not sleeping good lately. It's just it's what? too hot. Why is this guy in every dollop we do? <laughs> why is why is there always a guy that does something weird in every dollop? There's a. F- I'm reading that. I I told like someone was like, "Hey, can I do a research?" This guy Gareth. Uh, Gareth did research. Oh yeah. And I said, "Yeah." And I gave him the story like a month yeah. ago. And I'm reading it. I'm like, wait. The guy came up and just said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Hey. <laughs> So what else is up? We're in a gunfight. This tree is huge. Oh, huge fucking tree, man. Think I could climb this? Oh, my God. <laughs> so Blansky looked at the idiot and said, if you don't lay down now, you're a dead man. And then the guy just took off. Oh, man. You got some attitude. What a dick. Jeez. God, cops are dicks. You're cops right. Cops are dicks. I went to this cop and I was like, how you doing, man? He goes, get out of here. You're going to die. I was like, fuck, whatever. Whatever, dude. Jerk off. Later, punk. Hill drove back uh, serpentine style and swung the car around. The back door was already open, and Blansky fell into the back seat. Hill said, quote, I'm going to floor this, get you around the corner, and then we'll put your feet in. And he'll hit the gas, driving off with Blansky's legs dangling out of the car. Then- I mean, <laughs> if you're watching this, you're like, what movie are they making? <laughs> Who is that? It's crazy movie-ish. That is crazy. Uh, and sure enough, that's what he did. They got they got uh, behind some cover, and he pulled them in, and then they jumped to Corona Community Hospital where the staff was waiting. With a new elbow. With a new elbow. Uh, now the robbers were only barely threatened by Deputy Delgado's ineffective fire because he was so far away <sighs> and he'd been hit. The four robbers grabbed a bunch of explosives and ammunition from their van. How much longer till the cab's here? They left $20,000 in cash. Okay, so the, a net... Nothing. Net nothing. They left 2,000 rounds of ammunition and 15 homemade bombs. They also left Greg uh, Geraldo. They overpacked. They totally overpacked. Yeah, okay. You know what? You overpacked. Gotta, yeah. You got to know what your limits are. Yeah. Uh, our eyes were bigger than our tummies. Yeah. I wonder if they said goodbye to Greg. Bye. Thanks for the van. <laughs> the four bank robbers ran toward a yellow pickup truck that had stopped at a red light on the northbound lane. Of Hamner. The driver, seeing four guys running at him in ski masks and carrying 
automatic weapon. You guys hitting the slopes? Got, got the fuck out of his truck, leaving the engine running. There you go. And ran into a Carl's Jr. across the street. Can I get a Junior Western? <laughs> huh. Hey, I shall take a sourdough. Smith and Russell Harvin jumped in the back of the pickup. What if he didn't even know there was a robbery? He just wanted Carl's Jr. Any, so any bad. Anytime this guy sees a Carl's Jr., he gets out of his truck. Whoa! <laughs> he runs to it. Whoa, baby! <laughs> robbery? What robbery? They just took your truck. Oh, I don't oh. care. Um, Do not care. Chicken tenders. How are those? Oh, I didn't know you guys <laughs> carried those now. You guys do fish? <laughs> uh... So Smith and Russell Harvin jumped in the back of the pickup. Manny Delgado and Chris Harvin got in the front. They took off northbound in the yellow truck. It was a 1969 truck. Not very fast, but very sturdy. Okay. They drove down the street right past Delgado's car and fired at him. Delgado couldn't... Just a quick F.U. Yeah. Delgado couldn't load his revolver because he was wounded. They missed him as they drove past firing. And then Delgado grabbed the radio and said that the gang had split up and taken hostages. I think they're moving to the country. <laughs> one, of them a, one of them's a bat. The other one's a donkey. Delgado, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've gained a lot of blood. <laughs> How many of you guys are birds? Huh? Uh, so he says that they've taken hostages and that they've split up. None of which is true. Interesting intel. So now there's confusion about whether or not some of the suspects had remained near the bank and everyone thought there were hostages in, in the truck. One of them's a merman. <laughs> and uh, the other one's cotton candy. They got bazookas. They got bazookas and they're driving a big hockey skate. Okay. Over and out. Oh, and it's a hot air balloon too. We're good. We're good with reports, Delgado. Thank you. And every time it moves... It shoots taffy. Okay. Thank you, Officer Delgado. You'll know it's the one because it's playing the entertainer on a loop. Okay. We will talk to you later. Uh, radio silence. Thank you. All right. Good luck. They're all chipmunks now. They just changed. Okay. Okay. Thank you. There's 450 of them. All right. All right. Thank you. All much. right. I'm made Let's of keep, wire. Let's keep the radio quiet. Call me Dr. Billiards. Okay. Billiards and ambulance will be there in a minute. Ah, uh, Jacques Cousteau is my best friend. Okay. Good night. IP ketchup. Hey, why don't you head over to Carl's Jr.? Well, say no more. Chicken tenders. The total amount of time since the shooting began was... No. Come on. Guess. I mean, I'll because I know it's not long, I guess I'll say 20 minutes. Four. What? What? That's how fast this shit happens. Four minutes? Four minutes. I mean, that's a commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Four minutes. Yeah. Jeez. That flew by. (laughs) Man, when you're getting shot at, it really goes quick. Woo! So now cops from all over are pouring into the area. Corona and Riverside Sheriffs, Riverside PD, and the Highway Patrol. Shit was on. The robbers drove the truck northbound on Hamner, heading out of Narco. As they did, they ran two red lights and hit two cars. Well, at that point. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. They drove toward a Deputy Reed who was driving in the opposite direction and unloaded on his car, putting a bullet in his knee. They drove past their two getaway cars, which they had planned to switch to and make their escape. 
they were an AMC Ambassador and a Chevy Camaro. See, the Camaro would have been fucking sweet. No time, though. Uh, in those cars was an H&H Magnum rifle, which is also known as an elephant gun. There was also extra ammo and camping equipment. Okay. So they had plans. Sure. To go camping after this. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you want to roast some marshmallows yeah, get some after wieners, declaring get some war. wieners around the fire. Yeah, for sure. And but hot they, dogs. And hot dogs. But they could not stop and make the switch because of all the cops after them. Yeah. So the plan's totally not happening. That, has the plan happened at all? Nope. Yeah. The uh, uh, the gang then continued to drive north, then turned east where they came across Deputy Borden in front of a dairy farm. Smith and Russell Harbin fired from the bed of the pickup, missing Borden completely, but forcing him off the road, he crashed into the dairy farm. Okay. I mean, now it's like... Uh, now we're just kind of hitting our montage stuff. But they were now on residential streets of Miraloma, where their home was. Uh-huh. The pickup... Next came across Deputy Rolf Parks, who had pulled up onto the shoulder with the right side of his car up against a horse corral. Parks said the driver was looking right at him and driving onto the shoulder. Parks stayed in his car and made himself as small as he could. <clears throat> Presto Shrinko! Quote, they drove by and started shooting the crap out of my car. Four guys were shooting at me. Bullets were striking metal, breaking glass, glass flying all over. He thought he was going to be killed. One bullet ricocheted and grazed his head. He also later realized that a piece of glass had stuck in his right eye. Ooh, later. You got to be on some adrenaline if you later realize glass is in your right? eyeball. Uh, what's that? Oh, it's a big thing of glass. What about your eye? Oh, I hadn't even noticed. Uh, oh, look, that's huge. Uh, but he wasn't about to stop. After they pa- passed, Parks turned his car around and went in pursuit. This is, I mean, that's just... They are badass they cops. Are badass. <laughs> they started shooting at him again. He said the bullets hitting the ground sounded like the crack of a bullwhip. He also used the radio to tell other cops a piece of information no one had heard yet. The criminals were using high-powered weapons. Right, okay. Yes. As the suspects turned north, they found Deputy Herman Brown driving right at them on the opposite side of the road. The two vehicles met in front of a busy supermarket. And, as was their thing, they fired on Brown. Right. Behind them, Parks watched as they shot up the car, glass exploding everywhere, and then drove off. Parks was sure Brown would be dead, but when he pulled up, Brown had only been shot in the leg. Wow, they really were not good shots, They huh? shot at people in the leg, though. They're good leg shooters. They're great at legs. Yeah. A- appendages, they, they're killing. They're fucking fuck up an appendage yeah. in a second. Yeah, the elbow killers. I mean, look, I don't think I've never shot an automatic weapon, but I assume they're hard to aim. Sure, but you'd also assume that if you were robbing a bank and you had all these weapons, you'd probably be, you you know, it's quality, not quantity. Well, they took him up to Lytle Canyon and they, or Lytle Creek, and they tried, they tested him out. They Mm -hmm. did training. Yeah, no, I mean, shooting into a creek is a lot like a high stakes bank robbery. Very the same. Yeah. Very much the same. Uh, So Parks kept going. Uh, as he did, a bullet hit his windshield dead center. They continued north, and now Riverside, a Riverside PD helicopter joined the chase above them. Okay. Classic. So at this point, if you're in the truck, you're like, well, things aren't good. Now, this is pre... Like, they, they didn't have the technology to have a helicopter flying above watching a chase. Okay. This is pre that. So what is the helicopter? It's just a Riverside PD helicopter, but it's not. How's it going no, on the ground, guys? There's no news helicopters. There's no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right. Shit. Okay. Uh, at an intersection, two Riverside PD officers, Wayne McDaniels and David Madden, moved to intercept the truck, and the guys in the truck opened fire. 
McDale was shot in the shoulder in a hail of bullets, and Madden was not shot, so he continued the chase. All the radio calls from the cars out on the street were now creating chaos. There was so much gunfire and so many officers getting shot that it was hard to make sense of what the fuck was going on. I'm sure. Yeah. It had been four and a half minutes. I've been shot. I've been shot. No, I've been shot. Anyone dead? No, nobody's dead. We've wait, all, but we wait, all. I think I'm dead. No, no, no. no you're talking. No, you're right. I'm talking into the. No, thing. no, no. We're, we've all been. How many people have been shot in the legs? I'm a hammer. Thank you, Deputy Delgado. I just want to let everyone know I'm Zeus's. I'm Zeus's best friend. Uh, if someone could come over here and help me, I'm opening a pizza store. <laughs> I need all the help I can I got get. Got a lot of sauce here on the floor. Uh, and everyone, say hello to my wife. A basketball. This is when the gang started launching... My son's an alligator. ...launching homemade pipe bombs. Ah, fun. Might as well take it up a notch. You may as well. At this point, Parks and Madden slowed down their cars to keep some distance between them and the pickup. (laughs) Okay. It wasn't just because of the bombs, but also the automatic weapons. Madden radioed... Always a good sentence. uh, Madden radioed, we're going to have to lay back because of the amount of rounds they're firing at us. CHP cars then joined the chase. As they did, Parks looked at his engine dials and saw they were all dead. The front end of the car sank. The car was toast, killed by rifle fire. But Parks wasn't done, and he grabbed his shotgun. A deputy, Frank Chisholm, picked him up, and they continued the chase. (laughs) That's awesome. I fucking love that. Need a lift? Yeah, baby! Let's go. Uh, As they did, they came across what Parks would describe as, quote, a graveyard of police cars. Four were lined up in a row, all shot to hell. There were two police cars, two CHP cars, and a bunch of civilian cars. An officer, Reynard, had been shot in the elbow. Another officer had a bullet whizz by his head. More elbow shots? Elbows, arms. They don't like, they don't like uh, bendy parts. Did they maybe just think that people bled out through elbows more than they do? That's what they were trained. Okay. They were trained to... Some great elbow shots, gentlemen. These guys <laughs> wouldn't have made it out of here alive. You think that guy's going to be able to hit a jump shot again? Fuck you guys no. nicely avoided the hearts. Part of our goal. The truck was driving north and then turned onto East 50th Street. Okay. They were on the street that Smith and Harvin lived on. Oh, boy. In a few seconds, they drove past their own house. A neighbor watched them drive by. Hey, Trent. Quote, shooting with policemen on their tails, it was quite a big deal. Yeah, okay, said the man who doesn't know how to state the truth. (laughs) It was really quite a scene. It was something, I'll tell you right here. Now. Definitely the most exciting thing I've seen on a Saturday this month. George, is that? Whoa! Whoa, look at that. We should lay down. The gang then decided on, on a new tactic. Divert the cops by trying to kill or wound innocent bystanders. Oh, well, that's when you're getting kind of shady. They hope the cops would have to stop. Shoot the help. stranger's elbows. <laughs> to help to stop the wounded. They shot at a car disabling it. Then they turned onto Bain Street, a residential street, and saw a group of 12-year-olds riding their bikes. Uh, Okay, so, (laughs) I mean, they had to stare morality in the eye. Uh, Yeah. All right, we got to shoot it. Boy, that's a bunch of cute kids on bikes. This screams of meth, doesn't it? Yeah. They shot at the children with their automatic weapons. Wow. Somehow they only hit one kid who was shot in the finger. Dave. I mean, I mean, look, it's a bummer. What is the point of getting hollow point bullets if they're not going to break anyone's skin, really? If it's a bummer that a 12 year old was shot, but it but in the finger, like I'm saying, that's the best scenario. Yeah. Or it's insane. Maybe the hair. I I mean, honestly, what like (laughs) 
Completely insane. I think I got a guy's finger. All right, guys, we're chipping away at this. Good luck flipping somebody off, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you'll have to use your left hand to indicate that in future, damn it. They then began throwing their explosives at passing civilian automobiles. Messed up. One deputy yelled over his radio, quote, They are throwing all sorts of stuff at us. There's bombs and teddy bears and a brick. Yeah. They turned back onto 50th Street and drove past their house again. Maybe just getting a look. Maybe like Man, goodbye. Looks great. Maybe let's see if they close the gate. Sure, yeah. Guys, the garage is open. No. Yes, I told you. All right, let's swing back around. And Hurry look. up. Deputy John Sellis was in an undercover police car when he spotted the truck and started pursuing. Over the radio, he said, quote, They've got hoods on, and I just saw them put another clip in a weapon. I love it. That guy's like, yeah, not not that useful of information. Yeah, they have hoods on, and I think they're going to be shooting more. You guys, they're reloading. Uh, another officer noted that they were very professional with military backpacks, gas masks, and military type band banana ammo clips. Anyone watching would have seen two men in back of the truck shooting and throwing bombs with, with another hanging out the passenger window shooting. Jeez. They decided to get out of town and drove onto Highway 60 westbound and then onto I-15 north. Parks and uh, Chisholm were in one unit behind them, and Deputy Salas was in another. As they drove, their windshields were being hit with bullets. San Bernardino PD helicopter King 40 King 1 entered the fray flying above the truck. The gunmen weren't thrilled about it. And shot at it. One bullet deflected, came through the floor between the co-pilot's legs, and hit the instrument panel, which then caught on fire. Oh, boy. The helicopter was forced to land. The number of pursuing police... Did he police, get a hangnail? The number of pursuing police kept growing in size. Riverside County deputies were joined by the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office, the California Highway Patrol, and officers from multiple counties. So it's the Blues Brothers. Yeah, it's, the, it's totally the Blues fucking brothers. Okay. The gang, kept, Nazis. the gang kept up a deadly stream of rifle fire from the rear of the truck, forcing the pursuing officers to fall back hundreds of yards. Despite maintaining a half-mile distance from the pickup, they were still being hit by gunfire. Fortunately, there wasn't much traffic on the highway, but that also meant the cops were taking all the fire. Uh, Parks requested all pursuing units to keep their lights off as it made them an obvious target. <laughs> Over the radio, the deputies were talking. They might be low on ammo. I hear rounds. They're firing rounds at us now. We got to figure out what we have to do. Wait until they run out of ammo. <laughs> totally. The police were always in range of the rifle-armed uh, felons who could engage them with impunity while remaining outside the reach of the cops' revolvers. Then one cop car uh, overtook the lead vehicles and drove close to the suspects. Okay. Who immediately threw three bombs at it. Okay. And that was the end of that idea. Alrighty. Good try. It was a good try. Fun, uh, fact, on this, paper. Guy, this guy was like, fuck this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put an end to this yeah. right now. I see my name in lights. Boom, boom. All righty. Move away. Back They're throwing MGD I cans that are bombs. Taking this back. The pickup uh, now exited I-15 and entered the sand. I wonder if it signaled. Uh, it's always fun to picture that. I would. Instinct just still kicks I in. I bet it does a little bit. A little bit. I bet it does. Uh so they entered the San Bernardino National Forest, and as they did, they shot up another sheriff's car, disabling it. Jeez. They were heading back to uh, Lytle Creek. Mechanics in the city were probably like had dollars, cartoon dollar signs in their eyes. Oh, this is going to be great. Boy, they really blew up a lot of cars. Oh, we are loving it. 
It's us and the elbow surgeon who are going to be laughing all the way to this bank. What about one of those guys who pulls up? Have you ever had a dent in your car? And the, the guy, oh, the, guy, the best. What, one of those guys who just follow the cops around. Hey, man, you need me to fix that? No, bill? no. 25 bucks? No, no. Point. You guys no, always use do, the wrong color. No, no, I'll do it really quick. 25 no, bucks. No, no. Just do it. I'll pop it right out. No, pop no, it right no. Out. My buddy's my buddy. <laughs> Got got that done. Like some dude in a parking lot was they like, "Fuck up your car." <laughs> he was just he like when he saw the guy, he was like, "I mean, this is terrible." And yeah. the guy was like, "It's pretty good." And he was like, "It's a totally different color." Yeah. They they completely fuck up your car. This same guy one time came out to his car in a parking lot, and someone had drawn with their key a huge cock on his hood, yep. and he said he dropped to his knees and went, "No." <laughs> Uh, so they're going to where they did the training, Lytle Creek. They drove on a dirt road toward a canyon. So far, they'd driven 35 miles in 42 minutes. Okay. Meanwhile, a deputy from San Bernardino trying to get to the scene got his car stuck on a train crossing and was struck by a Union Pacific freight train. The car flew 100 yards. They really are making a movie. The patrol patrol car was destroyed. The deputy was not hurt. Parks and Chisholm followed... Uh, but it's almost like the G.I. Joe cartoon where nobody died. It's fucking insane. I mean, well, except for the two bad guys. <laughs> Parks well, and Chisholm... Well, if you assume... To me, losing your penis is as good as death. <laughs> <laughs> Parks and Chisholm followed, but their car had taken a lot of shots. The radiator started to heat up, and steam began pouring out. Now, the AC's not even working. They began losing power. The car was slowly dying. Chisholm kept his foot full on the accelerator, but it just chugged along. Sad. Then it died. A new, uh, new law enforcement car took the lead. Deputy Evans. Okay, it, wh- who's he? He's our, he's our cop with the baby. Okay, right. Parks and Chisholm watched all the other cars fly past them, heading up into the mountains. They were all wondering what they could do against these guys if the chase stopped. The cops were completely overpowered, except for one. A San Bernardino deputy named McCarthy was getting off duty when he heard the shooting start. He remembered there was an M16 in the armory and grabbed it. Mm. He now had it in his car, but he had no idea how to use it. Oh, well, it doesn't sound like that stopped the criminals. (laughs) (laughs) He was, it would be great if this was just ended with those, the cop not knowing how to shoot and them just shooting each other from 10 yards away, away, missing. (laughs) He was part of the pack chasing the truck to Lytle Creek. A second helicopter joined. Three Highway Patrol officers were just behind Evans. Sergeant Bender and Detective Hopkins were also in pursuit in an undercover drug unit some distance behind Evans. They had only uh, a car with a radio that could communicate. They, they were the only car with a radio that could communicate with a helicopter. Okay. Due to a difference in radio frequencies, the helicopter could not make contact with the Riverside Patrol units. Okay. So so Deputy Evans could not receive the helicopter broadcast because his car radio did not pick up the helicopter's California law enforcement mutual aid radio. Oh, boy. But the two undercover cops had a handheld radio that could get the signal. <laughs> okay. So you see how this is working good? Yeah, really, really well. So the helicopter would radio down the location of the gang's truck to the undercover car who would hear it over their handheld radio and then they would use their car radio to radio Evans, but at the same time, all these cops are talking over the radio. Yeah, the whole it's time. eventually going to be like telephone. Yeah, it's a fucking. They're right that... near that blue barn. Even if it's he not, he said he's right near the dew farm. Oh God, there's no dew farm there. He said, "Don't worry, there's no harm." <laughs> he said his favorite thing is a nice charm. He said they're stopping for shawarma. Okay. 
They're at a Greek place getting shawarma. To the Greek shop! <laughs> to the Greek shop? <laughs> You're uh, unimpressed with my creativity? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, so to then, food! Then the truck hit a washed out part of the dirt road. That was it. The gang stopped and got You mean like truck. a part of the dirt road that used to have a promising career, but then kind of just packed it all in and That's now doesn't do much? About. That okay. road is yeah. done. Washed up. No one cared anymore. At its peak. Uh, they stopped and got out of the truck and waited in ambush for the cops to come around the bend. Evan was figured this was happening. He radioed back. Looks like they're going to lay back behind a curb and wait for us. The helicopter radioed down that they had gotten out of the truck and were waiting. The sergeant in the drug cart tried to warn Evans, but it oh, didn't go no through. Oh, no way. Wow. Because all the other cops are probably talking. Yeah. Quote, dispatcher, Evans, are you okay? Evans, yeah, I'm okay. There's a blind curb up ahead, and I don't know how far back we are. Have radio advise the chopper to keep a lookout. Tell them if they stop. We are telling That's you. That's what we want to know. We are coming on a big curve. What are they doing? Are they moving? Evans' unit rounded the corner and was immediately hit by several bullets. His windshield shattered. The interior of the car disintegrated. Evans, okay, I'm hit. Then Evans screamed. Deputy Park saw some civilian target shooters walking around. He stopped the car and ran up to them, telling them, I need your rifle. We're following some cop killers. All the cops at this point believed several officers had been killed during the chaos. Because, of course, if you're driving by and you see some guy shooting at a car, you think your buddy's dead. Yeah, and you probably think a bunch of 12-year-olds died, not that a kid lost the middle finger. Right. One of the target shooters gave him uh, his twenty-two and all his ammo. Not Not a great... Yeah. Not a great gun to bring to this fight. Yeah. Here's the worst thing you could have. Here's my crossbow. <laughs> I have some throwing stars. Here we and are. And this is a hat. I've got a slingshot and some larger size pebbles. Uh, Parks then ran back to the car and they continued the pursuit. The road was made for cars to go 10 miles an hour and they were doing 50. Parks tried to load the rifle while the car kept going airborne. Wow. Parks came to a... Uh, Parks car came to a stop in the road and could see the exchange of gunfire between Evans and the gang. They were about a quarter mile away. The cops shot, but as it had been the entire afternoon, they were outgunned. Under fire, Evans got out of his unit and crawled around back using the patrol car for cover against the automatic fire. Evans somehow returned seven shots with his service revolver from 56 yards. Wow. Evans was a Vietnam veteran who had served as a lieutenant in the Green Beret. Okay. Hey, so he's a fucking badass. Sure. So this is a guy that's like, uh, I'll take my pistol. Yeah. Whip it out. He reloaded his revolver and set to shoot at the gun, but was then shot to the eye and died instantly. Oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah, but we knew that from when I started and foreshadowed. I kind of was thinking that that You're was maybe was like a, a false yeah, foreshadowing. That would have been, been a... Well, because I was... Yeah, I thought maybe at the end of this it'd be like, and he's going to kiss his boy goodnight that night. <laughs> but uh, instead, a bullet went through his eye to his brain. So the car between Park's unit was uh, the car. Sorry, the car behind Park's unit was McCarthy, who had the M16. He sped past them. Deputy- I was actually hoping Evans was going to get the M16. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Deputy DJ McCarthy rounded the corner just in time to see Evans fall. They I also turned- got some records I could spin if we need that. Oh, oh that yes. Come on. <laughs> They then turned and fired at McCarthy, who was hit in the right arm. He stopped, crawled out of the car over the driver's seat. They started walking down the hill and firing him. The shooting was so insane that he tried to dig a hole in the ground. Wow. I'm just going to go down. I'm going to be Bear Grylls for a I'm minute. I'm going to go down here. Uh, I'm going to try to get to China before you guys get to me. Then he realized that his only chance of survival was to get the M16 and shoot back. Yes. 
He grabbed it out of his car and took a look at it and figured out how to use it. Triggered. And? Then he popped up on the hood. He popped up. He he put it down on the hood of the car and squeezed the trigger. This changed the game completely. Oh, sure. Now the gang realized the police had the same level of firepower and they ran away. Okay. Off into the woods of Mount Baldy, leaving most of their ammo behind. If not for that gun, there would have been a lot more dead cops on the road that day. Soon around 200 police officers arrived in the forest and they headed uh, up. One local paper called it the manhunt on on Mount Baldy. SWAT teams from San Bernardino spent the rest of the night in Lytle Creek in freezing temperatures. The LAPD brought a 65-man team on the hunt. Several helicopters and local law enforcement teams scoured the hillside. Probably morale is probably low with the bank robbers now. Yeah. The following morning, Chris and Russell Harvin were found huddled together and shivering from the freezing night temperatures. They gave up without resistance. Chris Harvin had been shot by Deputy Evans in the back. Okay. Okay, so the guy with the fucking yeah. stud yeah. with the fucking pistol yeah. shot the fucking dude. Yeah. Russell Harvin was carrying three handguns when he was arrested. George Wayne Smith gave himself up on officers near his hiding place. He was suffering from a gunshot wounds to the left leg and, of course, the groin. Ugh. He had lost a lot of blood. Manny Delgado had climbed up a hill adjacent to Mount Baldy trying to avoid detection, but he was spotted. When the police got to him, he was hiding in the bush. He turned, gun in hand, and was immediately filled with many shotgun pellets. He somehow managed to also shoot himself in the heart during the exchange. Hmm. You're a real villain when you're turning on yourself. <laughs> Let me help you. I'm sad they only killed one of them. Yeah. Or two. They killed two. Well, but, and a dickless a one. A dick. A dick. One guy lost Again, I really think that that guy's, I mean, when that guy gets out, he's not, you know, like he's not like, hey, it's great to be alive. He's like, uh-huh. It's, this was a bad idea. What, are they just going to give me a bump like the Ken doll? I didn't know dicks were a possibility of going away. Just really. The Norco Bank robbery shootout is still one of the biggest gunfights with police in American history. The battle between law enforcement and five heavily armed Orange County criminals lasted over 50 miles from the Security Pacific Bank in the foothills of the uh, to San Bernardino National Forest. The gang fired over 2,000 rounds and launched several homemade bombs. They damaged or destroyed... 33 patrol cars, shot down a sheriff's helicopter, wounded eight officers, killed several civilians, sorry, injured several civilians, and killed Riverside County Sheriff's Deputy James Evans. But Jake and Elwood were okay. Jake and Elwood were fine. The trial of George Wayne Smith and the Harvin brothers was moved to Vista due to Riverside media coverage. It still took 14 months to choose a jury and try the case. I don't get that. I don't get why you can't, like, in a situation like that, why do you need to move? Like, shouldn't... Why you need... Because too many people know about it and have already already prejudiced. I I know. I guess I'm being anti-constitutional by that statement, but I'm... Well, it's a jury. Your peers, your peers are people that heard about it. I don't know. I get it, but, you know. Remember OJ? Yeah. He's having a hot ear, by the way. Big (laughs) ear for the juice. So they were all found guilty, 44 counts each. Um, in September 1982, Smith and the Harvin brothers were sentenced to life plus 36 years. One of my favorite sentences is when you sentenced them to life plus more time. Yeah, fuck, it's a great, yeah. <laughs> hey, when you're dead, we're going to keep your body in here. Well, that seems a little That's much. what's happening. Sorry. Uh, law enforcement agencies in California soon came up with more substantial reforms. The Norco robbery was a wake-up call 
for Southern California law enforcement agencies. They realized heavily armed, coordinated groups of deadly opponents were a fact of life. Um, they were also preparing for the 1984 Olympic Games and concerned about terrorism. And after narco, a rapidly accelerating war against heavily armed drug cartels, um, they realized they had to outfit patrol officers with long-range, powerful weapons. Uh, law enforcement agencies reevaluated their weapons policies. The San Bernardino Sheriff's Department soon made the Ruger Mini 14-223 semiotic rifle standard equipment for its deputies, and the Highway Patrol followed suit. The technology in 1980 did not allow for news cameras to broadcast. In 1997, the technology did allow that, and that is probably why the North Hollywood Bank robbery got so much more attention than narco. By 1997, the Department of Defense had established the 1033 program to transfer surplus M16 rifles to law enforcement, and they uh, accepted them and snapped them up. Hmm. In 1980, police helicopters were just for observation and personal delivery, but after the Norco copter was shot down, departments undertook training to teach air-to-ground small arms return fire. This would wow. prove to be a very successful strategy in lethal force encounters in later years. So this really... The Norco shootout was a big part of the militarization of yeah. police in America. A public shooting range has been built at Lytle Creek. The Security Bank, uh, Pacific, Security Pacific Bank sits empty, a chain link fence surrounding the building. It has been nearly two and a half years since the city council voted to per- permit horse race wagering at a future restaurant called Strider's there. The developers, Sportech Venues California, are nearly two years past their initial completion date and say, quote, we think Narco is going to be a great place to do business. Deputy Guy Belansky received the Sheriff's Gold Hearts, the equivalent of the military's Purple Heart, and the Medal of Courage for his heroic actions that day. He has traveled across the country delivering seminars on responding to high-stress incidents he never fired a weapon again. Wow. The police say the motivation of the robbers was simple. Quote, Sheriff's Detectives Larry Mainberg. They're bank robbers because, f- for the most part, they were all unemployed and did not have any money. Well, at least people, that changed. People try to set it up that they were like survivalists. And, and, right, that it was and, more uh, about money. And white power and all shit, but they're just money. fucking unemployed losers. Really is crazy, though, because the amount of things you just listed off there, I mean... You know, like, especially with the time we live in now where I had an argument with a guy on Facebook the other day, somebody I, oh, that's I weird. Somebody that I don't know. Um, I, that, 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 that's a – people should know. So I left Twitter because I just think people are fucking too nasty. Right. Um, and I'm, I'd hate what I'm seeing with the, the way that fucking – Disintegration of shit. Sure. And, I, and on Facebook I realized – that anybody can see your comments and just leave comments. I right. thought that everyone on Facebook could have their own page and only people you knew could leave comments. Oh, uh, right. Well, that's weird. People who don't follow you on there can leave comments? You yeah, know? on my But how page. do they even see your stuff? Someone else. So like, oh, because someone will comment it. and then it'll be like, so-and-so commented on Dave Anthony's right. post. Right, okay. Yeah. So then you're able to get the full... Like the well, full so like you, sensation. so I, I just make fun of them and then block them. But so you were fighting with some guy. Well, and there, you know, the again, I, I mean, it's like part of the problem is that we're in such a quagmire with guns that the the argument that was being presented was one of you know we really like this is not a gun issue, this is a mental health issue. No, it's all. So I was like, okay, 
he, he was like, so you like, you know, like you would the person can kill like a, even if you get rid of guns, a crazy person can use a knife to kill people. And I was like, do you think 50 people would have died in Orlando or 49 people would have yeah. died in Orlando if this guy had a knife? And he goes, well, probably not that many. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And I was like, OK, that was fun and easy. Uh. But my point being that, like, you know, we are in the middle of this this gun pickle, which I think, you know, obvi- I think to people like you and I, we say, uh, if you just make these guns harder to obtain, then that makes it all easier. But then there's other people who are like, no, the point is to make it so that everybody has them so you can defend yourself. But my point being that you trace it back to this time, the police weren't heavily armed. They weren't militarized because there wasn't a threat from regular people because they couldn't they just hadn't gotten these assault rifles and yet. They hadn't be- gotten these uh, automatic weapons. And then there became a threat. And then there became that threat. So then the police have no choice but to overdo it because they don't ever want to be faced with a predicament like that. And then here you are where now everybody is just like you have to arm yourself to the teeth to be the most armed for when this shit hits the fan. Whereas it would just be yeah, easier. If, it would be easier if the crazy people had revolvers w- and the rest of us didn't have anything. <laughs> Instead, we're at the point where the sane people have revolvers and the crazy people have the, you know, they have the nuclear option. Well, this, you know, this is just an example of escalation. Yeah. And and how, what the response is, which right. is, yeah, it's all. But the idea that there was a time where police would be in a gunfight and they would be like, these guys are, are have outgunned us. Yeah. Uh, that we've... We ha- I think in order to protect police officers, they had to go the most extreme route, I guess, to never be able to be in that position again, which of is course. why they have tanks. Well, okay, that's escalation, <laughs> yeah. Well, they do. Let's, let's just all agree that cops should have tanks. Yeah, for sure. To protect and serve. And uh, have think, an indestructible machine. I think if you listen to the dollop and you think, never about, and you think about what you've heard on here in the history, I think that we are going to look back at this specific time yeah. as one of the darkest times in American history. And we will be ashamed of it. Oh, there's no question. I mean, we're in the middle of it. You know, it really is. It is. It is. It. I mean, we're watching lobotomies on a stage crazy. Right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we are. We are so in deep with this craziness that you can't even call it crazy anymore. It's interesting. It's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a fun ride. <laughs> can't wait to see where that goes. I'm serious. It is crazy. The sane, sane people have to get guns because it's so out of hand with the crazies. I mean, that is all. I mean, like that's that's the world we live in. People who wouldn't want guns, don't support guns, get guns because they're like, there's no way out of this gun situation. And then literally, when people point to Australia, like the the reaction to what Australia did, like watching people find loopholes on, well, yeah. Well, they have koala bears. You're like, what? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, you could so easily, like, try. No, we can't try. There's no trying. There's no trying in baseball. Anyway, at least we sign cars. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help. 
with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.